Hello everyone, welcome to Reiki Radio. I am your host Yolanda and I am very excited especially because we have a special guest with us today. I have to say um, this year as a whole has been so much fun being able to meet some amazing people in our community, hearing their stories, how they are implementing this work in so many ways. And the conversation that I had with today's guest was one of those that was very inspiring, and I'm sure you're going to enjoy it as well. So before we get into the episode, I just want to remind you that we are almost in Scorpio season. The sun moves into Scorpio on Wednesday. So if you want more information about the energy of this season, um, you can go to my website, theenergeticalchemist.com, sign up for my newsletter, and get access to Creating with the Moon and Stars, which is a free download that gives you information about the energy of every month, as well as some other fun tools and tips. Then you can also access my 22 Days of Transformation, which is also free, and that will support you in understanding how to become more of an observer of you and understanding just like the foundational tools of all of this work. So want to remind you of that, especially if you're new to the show, go and get those free gifts. But for now... I want to share with you this interview with this amazing woman named Kiara Flipping. So Kiara has been working in the field of mental health for over eight years, but she is now incorporating her uh, talk therapy work along with energy healing. So she does the sessions separately. However, she has a space where people can come for talk therapy, but also have the option of receiving Reiki. So this is really, really a cool thing. And I can't wait for you to hear her story. One of the things um, I thought was so interesting about this is last week, you know, we spoke with another woman who started out with energy work and then now is uh, going to school to become a therapist. So this guest is the reverse of what we heard last week. But either way, I hope you really enjoy this interview with Kiara and be sure to check out her work at her website, which is coreempowerment.org. That's core, C-O-R-E, empowerment.org. And after the show, be sure to share this with your friends if you know anyone who would enjoy it. And I'll see you on the other side. Okay, everyone, welcome to this episode of Reiki Radio. We have a beautiful guest with us today, Kiara Flipping, a core empowerment.org. Um, I can't tell you how excited I am about this interview and everyone will find out why, but Kiara, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It is such an honor um, to be talking with you today. You're one of my favorite podcasts. I'm so oh, excited. Good. To be with you today. <laughs> no, that means a lot. I'm so thankful to hear that. And um, I gave a little bit of a teaser, but I do have to say, um, your work and the focus of your work is something that is on the minds of a lot of people mm-hmm. that I've even met personally. So I just want to let everyone know that we are going to talk today about Reiki and talk therapy. Kiara is a therapist, but also a Reiki master teacher. So before we get into the meat of it, I just want to know if you can share mm-hmm. with us a bit of how 
did this happen? Did okay. you start out as a therapist? What's your story? Yeah, so I started in the field in 2011. Um, that's when I first got out there, first got my feet wet in the mental health field. Um, and then my work just progressed over the years, starting with doing community-based work, um, eventually going into the school system. Um, and then after that, transitioning into outpatient, um, outpatient treatment. And I noticed along my journey, um, I really started to get a little frustrated with myself and started just second guessing myself and my ability to be a good therapist because I was judging my therapeutic skills based off of the results that my clients um, were reporting. And throughout my journey as a therapist, I just continued to see clients show back up to their appointments with the same thing, presenting the same way, same issues, no matter what we talked about during session, no matter what homework I gave, they were just coming back to their appointments pretty much the same. Um, and I started to just get very, very frustrated again with just myself and just started to second guess myself. Am I a good therapist? Can I really do this? Am I applying these interventions correctly? Am I presenting the modality um, correctly? So I just started to get a little down on myself and I started to um, share some of that with my dad, um, who is a big advocate uh, for Reiki. And he always mentioned Reiki to me, but I really didn't know what it was. So I started to do uh, my own personal research on Reiki and he always commended me for um, doing this work, but he always instilled in me, you are going to have to offer your clients something else outside of talk therapy. And I'm like, yeah, dad, whatever. Like I got my master's in this. I know what I'm doing. Sigmund Freud said that. Carl Jung said that. I know what I'm doing. Um, but I later found that he was right. Um, I needed to offer my clients something else other than um, talk therapy. So I started to research Reiki and it sounded cool. And I went and took the classes and I got certified in level one. And after level one, I started just practicing Reiki for myself and for my family and my friends. And I was like, okay, like this feels good. I'm enjoying this. Let me take level two. Let me start offering it to my clients. So that's my, a little snippet of my journey um, from therapy only to therapy and Reiki. Yes. And I can't wait to go even more into this practice that you've developed yes. and the space that you hold. But I have to ask you this before we get there. So once you transitioned from um, just talk therapy and started doing Reiki training, what was the personal experience with mm. that? What did you start to recognize in the practice of Reiki, even just in the self-work that you were doing? Absolutely. Um, just personally, before I even started offering Reiki to clients, just using it for myself, I started to notice that I was becoming more organized just within mm -hmm. the, in my personal space, within the work that I was doing, more organized, uh, more grounded, um, more geared to rituals, which is again, like organization, um, having that morning routine. And, and I also noticed again, before even offering Reiki to my clients, I felt more connected to them in session. Mm -hmm. um, we're all human and I'm sure all therapists can relate. Like if you say this never happened to you, you're probably not telling the truth, but to be in session with a client and kind of have your mind wander and it's yeah. like, hmm, well, when I leave here, I got to go get groceries and da -da -da -da. like your mind sort of wanders. Like we're all human. Right. Um, but once I started incorporating Reiki in my personal life, 
I was more present yes. in my sessions with clients. I could feel their energy. I was more compassionate um, towards them and nothing else that happened before their appointment mattered, nothing else that I had to do after their appointment mattered. I am fully present with them in session. Um, so that was like my first real experience. Like, wow, like I am more connected um, right. to my clients. And I think my clients could feel that um, just kind of based off their body language and feedback, like they could feel that I was right there with them um, during their appointment. You know, that's a really interesting thing that you point out. And I know that you also offer Reiki now. And again, we'll get into that. But I wanted to just highlight that how beautiful it is that this practice for yourself, like how it's supported you in holding space, even in the uh, practice of talk therapy. So just for people who may be therapists listening, or even people who aren't, maybe people who are in therapy, can you talk about what you've recognized as the benefit on the talk therapy side, the benefit on the energy work side, and how they are complementing each other? Absolutely. So from the talk therapy side, like clients that are just, just mainly doing talk therapy, I think for them, it's a good space to sort of vent, you know, maybe get some things out that they haven't shared with family and friends that they don't feel comfortable or may, you know, just kind of want somebody that's not in the situation um, to kind of give them feedback and dialogue and things like that. You know, that's sort of what people come to therapy for is like, I don't want to tell anybody this or I'm feeling this way and I don't know why. So it's good to really have somebody that's not in the situation to have that dialogue with you, give you some feedback. Um, and offer you some suggestions to better your situation or your symptoms. Um, So that's the beauty of talk therapy. Um, The beauty of energy work is that energetic release, um, the ability to really be grounded and present within yourself. Um, Mm Because during your Reiki session, again, nothing else before the Reiki session matters, nothing else after the Reiki session matters. And it's your time to just be present with yourself. And I find Mm -hmm. that a lot of my clients don't grant themselves that opportunity. Right. Um, life is busy. We're going, 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 going. Even trying to rush to get to your therapy po- appointment is another task, right? right. Um, so just being able to have that time um, for a Reiki session to lie down and simply breathe. Um, that's the only responsibility of the client doing Reiki is just, just to breathe and relax and to give yourself that moment of self-care. Um, so again, being able to energetically release some of those things that you have stored within yourself that you may not even know. You may say, oh, my neck is always tight or I always have a headache or, oh, this lower back pain. And, you know, we're carrying all of these things in our bodies. Um, so to be able to release those things during Reiki, I feel is an awesome benefit. And then to combine the two, right? Right. That's, so that's what... like a double whammy. Like it's a win-win. You get no. I'm sorry. Absolutely. You know, it's so exciting hearing you say this because it really uh, hits all the aspects of our like whole picture of healing and um, overall like total wellness, right? Because Mm -hmm, you have mm -hmm. this component where you're allowing people to literally process, you know, whatever is going on for them mentally, emotionally, but then Mm -hmm. also not leaving out that aspect of even the physicality physical level of just letting yourself release tension, relax. And then of course the overall energetic shift that that provides as well. So I have to ask you, um, 
because a lot of people who listen obviously practice energy work and we all know that even in doing energy work just like what you mentioned before what's stored in the body may come to our conscious recognition mm -hmm. so do you find or have you noticed in your practice any difference in say clients who are just doing talk therapy versus ones who are doing both absolutely um so what i have noticed the clients that have combined both talk therapy and reiki they are reporting being less impulsive mm -hmm. um so while they used to engage in impulsive behaviors they're reporting being more in tune with themselves doing some thought processing bef before an action so right. before i purchase this thing let me really sit with self like i'm connected to this purchase because i know this purchase is an exchange of energy so what what is really going on here like why am i purchasing this thing let me not be impulsive let me think about it or before i engage in this relationship or before i react or respond to someone that may have triggered me um, let me really sit with self. Let me take a moment. Let me separate myself from this environment. Right. And I'm noticing they're becoming more intuitive um, yes. and just more aware of the people in the spaces around them. So a lot of times in therapy, um, we offer our clients the idea of recognizing your triggers and trying to stay away from people, places, and things that contribute to your triggers. But if you're not really aware, like if you're just out here living and not really grounded and connected to your space, you yeah. may not even know what people, places and things right. uh, stir up a trigger. So just them reporting being more intuitive and more aware of the people, places and things that contribute um, to their triggers. And then again, going back to the impulsive behaviors and impulsive thoughts and just impulsivity in all. Yeah. Um, you know, I have to tell you, this is like, I'm thinking of um, how in many ways we are starting to reframe what wellness looks like, right? Yes. And yes. how earlier in this year, I've had a couple of guests come on. Um, one was Raven Keys talking about medical Reiki and she does Reiki in surgeries. Then mm -hmm. recently there were two other women who came on the same, bringing Reiki into hospitals. And now here you are doing this work of showing the benefit of Reiki in yet another space of wellness with the talk therapy. And I just think it's so inspiring and it's fascinating really to see how people are using this um, uh, practice that starts very much with the self, but mm -hmm. integrating it in with what has been there for so long, you know? Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it's fascinating. So this is the part where I think, uh, you're very unique in what you're doing because I've personally not heard this before. I just want people to understand the nature of your work. So mm -hmm. your clients have the opportunity to have talk therapy sessions and Reiki sessions, but they're not in the same session. So they could do one and then the other. Absolutely. Right. Mm -hmm. Can you just talk about how that's structured? Sure. So some clients will want to come in and have a Reiki session. Mm -hmm. And then after their Reiki session, they may want some deeper dialogue um, around what sort of showed up during their Reiki session as it relates to some of their symptoms and their diagnosis. So then after the Reiki session, we will then transition into a your, your typical talk therapy session. Right. Um, and then some clients do it in reverse. They want to have talk therapy. They want to kind of verbally get those things out mm -hmm. um, before leaving, because, you know, it's one thing to talk about it and get it out, but 
where does that energy go? You know, it's still stored within our body. So some people prefer to have the talk therapy. And then before going home, it's like, all right, everything we talked about, let's go ahead and clear all that out. Let's transition into a Reiki session. Um, it is very standard that in therapy clients come weekly. Mm-hmm. So what a lot of clients have started to do is uh, do the opposite week. So one week therapy and then one week Reiki. Ah, <laughs> that is, that's a, I'm sure again, like I said, cause I've worked with many therapists and a lot of them have had that same feeling or knowing that there's something more I could be doing mm-hmm. to support people. And a lot of them have shown interest in doing energy work, but not knowing how. And I think it's because a lot of people had the, the thought of like, I can't bring Reiki into my therapy session. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And with what you've done, it's, I'm very surprised that a lot of them haven't considered you can do both, but separately, just exactly what you're doing. So this is where you are unique in your training portion. So yes. you focus more on training therapists yes. and doing Reiki training for therapists rather than, you know, the clients come for the service, but you're focusing on the therapist. So can you talk about how this idea came about and why that's your focus? Sure. So when I started um, incorporating Reiki into my private practice, at that time, it was just me. I was the only therapist in my practice. I was a solo practice. And I started just a little soft opening. I said, I'm going to do Reiki Fridays. I started promoting Reiki Fridays to all of my clients on social media. And that kind of got the buzz out, like, what the heck is Reiki? What is this? Um, But because I had already built that rapport with my clients, Mm -hmm. they trusted me. So they're like, Mm -hmm. okay, Kiera is talking about this thing. I trust her. Let me give it a try. Um, So it started with just Fridays. And then it grew really fast. At first, I was nervous. Like, you know, maybe people won't take to this. Maybe they'll think it's weird, you know. So let me just start slow. And to my surprise, it blew up. Like, it was a bang. Um, And clients were coming back for more sessions and telling friends and family. And then I started having clients that weren't therapy clients. They were just Reiki clients because maybe they had a therapist somewhere else, but their therapist wasn't offering Reiki. Um, So they kept their therapist and then came to me for Reiki and it grew um, way beyond me, way beyond (laughs) anything I ever could have imagined. Um, So then I started offering Saturday and Sunday Reiki and then more therapy clients started coming in because they were more interested in my practice because I was offering a holistic modality. Mm-hmm. So then I said, okay, I need a larger office and I need to hire some more therapists to help me. Um, and that's exactly what I did. So now we have seven therapists. Um, so I primarily do uh, the Reiki portion. And then our waiting list just kept growing and growing and growing. And I personally do not like having a waiting list. I know Mm -hmm. some people will like gloat over having a waiting list. I'm like, I don't like clients waiting. Like you are trying to get into our office for a particular service, but we're crowded at the moment and we cannot service you quick enough. So I said, you know what? Maybe I can start training other local therapists (laughs) in Reiki so that other clients can feel the same way about other practices as well. So that's exactly what I did. So I sometimes get beat up about it. Like, you're not offering Reiki to anybody else. Like, nope, just (laughs) mental health professionals. So in some kind of form or fashion, you have to be serving um, the mental health population in some sort of way. Mm -hmm. 
um, to be able to join my training. So maybe one day I'll open it up. But as, as for right now, like that's really my niche. Like I really, 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 I'm invested in empowering other mental health professionals and how they can offer Reiki to their clients as well. So currently that's the only uh, group of people that I'm offering my Reiki trainings to. Honey, there is nothing wrong with that. Let me tell you something. It's a beautiful thing when, you know, because let's say, for example, I mean, it makes all the sense in the world because you understand their um, line of work. You can relate to what comes up for them. So, of course, it would make sense that you would create this space to help them understand how to integrate the two. So I just want to um, point to that as well, because you mentioned that a lot of times, even in your own experience, it's like, okay, so I'm doing the talk therapy. Maybe I know or feel something more can be done. Now what? So just so people really understand, and again, for the mental health professionals out there, what is your training about? Okay. So I found myself after I received my Reiki certification in that space, like, Mm -hmm. all right, I'm certified in Reiki. Now what? I had no idea how to introduce it to clients. I had no idea how to break down defining Reiki in a way that my clients were understand. I didn't know how to market this thing. Um, I didn't know how to utilize my office space to accommodate a Reiki session. Because remember, it was just me. It was me in a a single box office. Like that's the only space I had. Um, It was a lot of trial and error. For me, and I, some, I didn't want other therapists to feel like, all right, I got this Reiki certification. Now what? Uh, it's too much. It, I don't feel like dealing with it. Out, fine. I'll just do therapy. So I pretty much developed this training off of all of my failures. <laughs> so all of the ways I failed and all of the things that went right. And I said, you know what? I need to really put this thing together to empower other therapists. So, <clears throat> excuse me. So the first part that the therapists go through is just getting certified in Reiki. They come in, they get attuned in Reiki, they learn pretty much Reiki 101, the basics of Reiki, the hand positions, all of that great stuff. So, and that's a a day. Um, So you come in for the day in office and you leave certified in Reiki. Mm -hmm. That's step one. Um, And I had the experience of having uh, therapists that were already trained in Reiki. So it was like, I'm trained in Reiki already. I just don't know what to do with this thing. Or uh, therapists that were out of state. Mm-hmm. So what they did is they, and I helped them match up with other Reiki practitioners that are in other states to get that certification. Because after the certification, we do a virtual training online. And it's a four-week training that really goes into how to incorporate Reiki into your practice. So the first module talks about wrapping your mind around Reiki. So, excuse me, I'm getting over some uh, bronchitis here. The no weather problem. in Maryland is like, eh. And I know all about that Maryland mm-hmm. weather. <laughs> oh my gosh. <clears throat> so the first module talks about wrapping your mind around Reiki. So we explore the benefits and outcomes that Reiki has uh, specifically with the mental health population. Yes. We delve into that. So we scratch off everybody and just talk about exclusively how Reiki can benefit the mental health population. Amazing. And then we learn some language around how to empower our clients um, and educate them about Reiki. Um, We identify particularly each therapist, who's your ideal client? So are you working with children? 
Are you working in the hospital? Are you working in an outpatient setting? Are you working with trauma victims? Like who is your particular client that you are seeing in your practice? And once I know that, we can streamline how you can show that particular niche that you're working with, how Reiki can benefit them. So it's not so broad, like, oh, Reiki, Reiki heals everything. Reiki cures the world, right? And it's no, how can Reiki heal women suffering from trauma, right? right? Or how can Reiki help adolescents dealing with ADHD in schools, right? Yes. So I want to identify who is your ideal population, then we can really niche it down. <laughs> Excuse me. So that's one. And then the second week we go into um, insurance and liability and how clients can use insurance benefits to cover Reiki sessions, which a lot of people aren't aware of. So we talk mm-hmm. about that. Um, we talk about your own personal self-care and how to keep yourself grounded and that sort of thing. So it's a whole shebang. Right. No, I'm just, I'm just this is <laughs> so beautiful. It excites me to hear how, again, personal practice inspires mm-hmm. people to then show up and share in uh, very particular ways. And I love that it's being done in so many different arenas now. I mean, it's, it's such a beautiful thing. And again, it's, it's amazing watching this transformation of our overall um, system of wellness and what's being provided nowadays. So you kind of touched on this, but I just want to make sure people fully understand Mm -hmm. if you are in the Maryland area. Yes, I'm in Maryland. In Maryland and area state but I, really what I was thinking is um we'll put the website so people can see exactly where you are but yes. you're in Maryland and if people are local they can come to you for talk therapy for Reiki sessions and if they are therapists they can come in to do Reiki training with you Absolutely. no matter where people are located if they are therapists they can join your online training to understand how to then integrate Reiki into the talk therapy practice that they already have. Yes. 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 Okay. <laughs> so I just want to ask this as well um, for the people listening. Can they sign up for that training anytime or is it you have certain dates that it starts online? So I'm glad you asked that. So this, we have one coming up um, the end of this month, the end of October. Um, and that is probably, and everybody has been asking, but I'm like, that will probably be my last, um, I guess, live coaching. From there, it's going to be digital. I'm going to make it digital so anybody at any time can access it. Right. Because what I'm finding is when I'm running these cohorts, it sometimes doesn't match up with folks' schedule. Right. Um, So they're like, okay, you're hosting it this time on Wednesdays at noon. You know, I can't make that time, but I really want to do it. Are you going to do this again? Are you offering this thing again? Yeah. So I want to make it easy, easily accessible to everybody. So versus doing the um, live coaching, it's going to be the same material. Right. Um, you're going to get the same that you would live, um, but you'll just be able to access it whenever you want. You can go back to it and review it. And, and I'll still offer those individual coaching calls because that's a part of the training as well. Once we're done with the virtual once we've gone through the weeks of the coaching after that I set up two coaching calls with you just to kind of go over some questions you know you have all the materials you know what to do but 
questions come up and I want to be able to be available to answer those. So even though it's going to be digital, um, the coaching calls live with me will still be available. Right. Um, so people can access it again whenever they want it. So it's not like, oh, I have to wait four more months until she does this cohort, you know, her next yes. cohort. You can get it whenever. Oh, honey, I completely understand. Because when I started doing online classes at first, I was always showing up live. <laughs> and that takes a lot of time. Mm -hmm. And so I started doing the same. Some, I may do a live class maybe once or twice a year, but for the most part, everything is pre-recorded for that reason. Mm -hmm. And um, it's amazing now too, especially like with you offering this online, that it can reach so many people. So even for those of you listening, if you know someone who's a therapist and you think they would be interested in this, let them know. So I just want to say really quickly before I we go on. Your okay. website is coreempowerment.org. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. And this is another thing I think is so interesting and beautiful about your practice. So you mentioned that there are seven therapists. Right now, you're the only one um, practicing Reiki in your space, but you offer quarterly Reiki to the therapist. And I thought that was a really cool yes. thing. Yes. yes. So have you noticed even with them, like how does that because this is why I ask a lot of people in the, any field of supporting others and holding space for others, we often forget to take care of ourselves. So how has that supported the practice and what has been the response from the therapist getting um, energy work? Absolutely. So first off, the therapist love it. They're like, on me like up here, it's my quarter. Like, put me on the books, put me in, it's my quarter. Um, and they try to line it up, you know, to specific things they have going on. I have one therapist that was getting surgery. So she's lining hers up. She got her one before her surgery. She's lining up her next one after her surgery. So they're on it. And the beauty of offering free quarterly Reiki to my staff is it allows them to engage in some self-care. We are doing hard work, right? The things that we hear and the energy we encounter on a daily basis it's only right um, yeah. that they engage in their own self-care as well. And why not have it right there in the office? And then also, so they are able to share that with their clients. I mean, we have Reiki flyers and things in the waiting area. And I would really feel some type of way if, you know, a client came back and say, hey, I saw this Reiki flyer in the waiting area. What's Reiki? And a the therapist goes, eh, I don't know. You know, and it's like, right. well, what the heck? Well, shoot, if you don't know, then put that flyer down. I won't be right. going to one of those. Right. So the therapists are able to um, really share with their clients, their experience with Reiki. And because they have an understanding of Reiki um, and they're coming to their quarterly Reiki sessions, they're more uh, connected and in tune with their clients as well. Um, so that helps them to, of course, be better therapists when you're free of stress and when you're more grounded and connected, you're able to be more present for your clients as well. So it, it's a win-win for the client and for the therapist and just for the, the morale in the office. And yeah. All. No, I think it's uh, such a beautiful and important thing. And I'm so glad that you highlight that because, you know, even with people who do Reiki um, as their full-time work, again, a lot of them don't make time to go get worked on themselves or mm -hmm. sometimes mm -hmm. we do a lot of self-work but don't recognize the benefit of just allowing ourselves to be worked on so we can lay there and not think about it so I mean listen yes. 
Yes. Those therapists in your space are really lucky. <laughs> yes. And that they such- do not play. They're like, that- it's my quarter. Where's my appointment? And I'm like, come on, come on. Well, but this is the beautiful thing. And I, I love how um, it, this really evolves with us, right? Because you started yes. out in talk therapy, you added in the energy work. Now you've created this um, system designed for therapists and you're supporting the therapist in your space. But you've also now hold space for yoga. You create crystal jewelry. Like, yes. <laughs> Talk to us yes. a little bit of like, where did the yoga come in? And how is that incorporated in this space? Sure, sure. So honestly, the yoga came in um, originally from clients asking. Mm. Um, there aren't a lot of alternative anything um, in the part of Maryland that we're in. We're in PG County. We're in the Suitland area. I started off in Clinton. Um, in our office moved to Suitland and there really is not a lot going yeah. on um, in that space. So clients were asking. Uh-huh. Um, once I kicked it off with Reiki, they're like, okay, what else you got? You gonna do some of this? You gonna do some of that? Um, so we started incorporating um, yoga. So we have a yoga studio at our office. Um, we have some regularly scheduled yoga sessions, uh, sessions going on and then we started doing like monthly yoga events like yoga inspired events um we did a yoga and yoni event um so we're trying to do like every month a cool yoga inspired something um and i'm also now in training um to be a yoga teacher so once my training is over we'll be having a lot more yoga going on um in the studio wait a minute i (laughs) hold on (laughs) I didn't know, and I didn't know we were going to talk about this, but now I have to ask you this okay. because I also did yoga teacher training uh, years ago. Yes. And what I didn't expect is what cracks open in the process of yoga teacher training. So mm-hmm. I just am curious too, like with you having now these other two methods of healing practices under your belt, what are you recognizing? about yoga and how is that also um supporting you so i have just completed so it's a nine-month training i'm only a month two and Mm -hmm. already in the first two months opening up that um manual that my trainer created i'm like all of this is so related to reiki i'm like reiki prana i'm like oh my gosh it's the same thing um and just the different asanas the different uh, yoga poses, how they're connected to the different chakra areas, how the twisting poses really get into your sacral. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, like this is all connected. When I tell you I am so hyped, I cannot <laughs> wait to be done with this yoga teacher training so I can really get into the office and really start connecting it all. Therapy, yes. Reiki, yoga, because it's, it's all connected. Yes. Um, <laughs> it's like, they're saying the same thing, just in a, they're just a different language, but they're saying the same words. Like it's all connected. So I'm so excited. Yes, ma'am. No. And that's so funny you say, cause I tell people all the time, cause I've had a few people ask me like why I study so many different things. And I mm-hmm. told them like, one, it's fascinating that they all point back to us, Absolutely. but you have this opportunity to understand us and our functionality from mm-hmm. these different lenses. Right. But that's what, um, happened I was practicing Reiki and in my meditation I kept hearing um 
something about the breath. I don't remember what it was now, but it was Mm. like something was telling me I needed to understand more about the breath. And so then one day I'm in meditation and I get this message of take yoga teacher training. I'm like, what? (laughs) But I did. And I was blown away by exactly what you're saying, how it was like, wow. And it really did support my Reiki practice and vice versa. Absolutely. Yeah. So you have a full blown uh, wellness center yes. going on over there. Yes, yes, yes. And I have to tell you, <laughs> I told you my family, um, a lot of my family lives in the area where you are. And so I know firsthand that there aren't a lot of offerings like what you're doing. So mm-hmm. it is so beautiful to see that you're doing this. And I know it's going to spread like wildfire. And I'm glad to see it, um, hearing about it and seeing it in our community too, because that was something here in Southern California I didn't see a lot of. So even that is so inspiring. And I'm so thankful there are people like you out here doing the work and trusting in the expansion Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. figuring out how to do it in a different way. Absolutely. <laughs> what are you growing into? <laughs> I don't, you know, to be honest, I never, I did not foresee any of this. Yeah. Um, this is beyond anything I could have imagined. I'm an introvert. I always said when me I too. quit my job and open my practice, it's just going to be me. I don't want to work with nobody. I just want to be in the office by myself, blah, 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 blah. Right. Yep. Uh, no, <laughs> I never imagined that I would have a practice with seven therapists and doing coaching and training and it, and I'm just following it. Like this yes. is, I'm just going with this thing. Like this is not at all what I, what I saw for myself. So with having the yoga, um, and, and doing the Reiki, a lot of times clients will ask after Reiki, like, okay, what? what chakra area showed up today? And they, they want to know <laughs> feedback, right? And they're like, okay, well, what do I have to do to get that area better? And they want to know, they want to have like a whole little consultation afterwards. So I noticed that my clients wanted something tangible. Mm-hmm. Um, they didn't want a little note card with some jotted down notes. You need to eat more of this and do less of that. They wanted something to take with them. So I said, okay, let me create something for them. So I started making um, crystal bracelets um, that are associated with each chakra area. Um, so they're handmade by me. A lot of people ask, like, do you just buy them? I'm like, no, I buy the stones in bulk. And I literally sit with my sage going and my India RE playing and I string <laughs> them with good intention. And yes. I sage them and I infuse them with Reiki. Um, I have, they, all of the braces get to have their own little mini Reiki session where I really get to set the intention bracelets, um, for whomever they are meant for. Um, and it takes time. And I was speaking with one of my coaches and they recommend like, why don't you just buy them already made? Like that's too much time. And I'm like, no, it's the, the passion behind it. Like I don't want to buy them already strong and no, I want to, set the mood for these bracelets. Like this is a big deal for me. Um, so now my clients are able to have a, a bracelet that is customized for their particular chakra um, area that they feel like they need to strengthen. 
That is such a beautiful thing. Listen, my face is going <laughs> to hurt by the end of this interview. I, re I just realized like I've been constantly just smiling and really my cheeks are starting to hurt, but it's, it's so beautiful. And what you said, I have to point out as well, because it's something I said in the beginning. Um, you know, I felt like I was following breadcrumbs. That was the way I said it. I was also very introverted. Mm -hmm. If you told me I was going to podcast, I would have thought you were crazy because <laughs> I just like to be in my own little bubble. Mm -hmm. But I can't tell you how many people have come on the podcast and echoed that same thing. I never thought I'd be doing what I'm doing now. I can't believe the way I was guided and led yes. once I started this practice. So just with you saying that too, I have to ask, what is that process like for you? Do you just trust how you're inspired? Are you ever nervous about it? Or are you just like take the leap? A little bit of both. Um, <clears throat> I probably, I would be not telling the truth if I said I'm not nervous. Right. Um, Cause that's a, a natural feeling, right? We all get a little anxious. We all get a, a little worried, but I just trust it. A lot of the things that come to me, like how you mentioned earlier are in meditation. Right. Um, so a lot of people think, oh, I'm meditating. And I'm not supposed to think like, stop thinking, stop thinking. And I'm always like, no, just breathe. Like if a thought comes, accept it, let it go. Um, so a lot of the ideas and different things come to me during meditation. So mm -hmm. something comes to me during my time of meditation, then I know that's God talking to me. Yeah. That's my ancestors talking to me. That's my spirit guys speaking to me in that moment because I'm a wife, I'm a mom, I'm an entrepreneur. I'm running. If they're trying to send me signals and talk to me, they're not going to get to me because I'm, I'm booked and busy. I got a lot going on. So right. when I'm in that time of meditation in my silence, they're able to speak to me. Yes. And that's when I'm open enough to listen and hear. So if something comes to me during meditation, I'm, I have to follow it. If yes. not, I'm going to miss it. And if I miss the blessing, because I feel like a lot of my blessings are to bless others, so if I'm not listening, if I'm not following through, not only do I miss out, but somebody else is going to miss out as well. So when things come to me, yes, I'm like, you want me to do what? Talk to who? Where? Oh, no, not me. Um, but I let that go. My dad shared something with me that stuck to me. And he said that fear is a delusion. Like, mm -hmm. there's no such thing as fear. Um, and that sticks with me. So when I feel myself getting anxious and I feel myself starting to feel fear. I let it go. I'm like, this is fake. Like there's no such thing as fear. Like this, this is not real. What are you, what are you afraid of? Let it go. Um, so I take a couple of deep breaths and I move on talking on this podcast, like introverted me. Like I don't even like talking on the phone. Like here I am <laughs> like talking on a podcast. I always tell my clients, y'all the only people I talk to. <laughs> Wait, let me tell you something. This is what is so beautiful about what you said. Because I always, when people are like, well, if you were so introverted, then how did you get over the fear mm. or the discomfort? And I'm like, because it mattered to me. And mm -hmm. I knew I had to do this if I really wanted to share this with other people. Absolutely. I had to, like I had Absolutely. no choice. And exactly what you just said is what you just said. Like I have to stop to allow myself to be receptive because it matters for the people I serve. Absolutely. And I think that's such a beautiful thing. And I often tell people like connect to your why, because mm -hmm. that's going to be what drives you to stay consistent in your practice, keep showing up and starting to trust because mm -hmm. if it matters to you, <laughs> you, that is going to inspire you to go dare to do things that you never thought were possible. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, Kira, check <laughs> <out>. <laughs> 
always like meeting other uh, fellow introverts. I know sometimes it can feel like we're so isolated out in the world, but it's always good to meet. <laughs> yeah, and then other there's people. the irony, like we're the ones out here, like holding I know, space, right? right. <laughs> I know. So I have to ask you about this too. Um, yes. We talked a lot about your work, but I want to bring it in a little bit to the personal level because mm -hmm. I loved this, what you shared with me when we spoke before. After you started doing your Reiki training and you mentioned that you also started practicing on your husband and your baby. So can you yes. share with everyone um, what were the experiences of your husband? What was that like for you mm -hmm. working on him, but also what, because I remember you said he would sleep through it, but then yes. also <laughs> for your baby, how did that support what they were going through? Absolutely. So my first clients were my husband, my daughter, and my mom, and uh, one of my sisters. Um, so they were like my Reiki guinea pigs, I like to call them. Um, and each of them, well, my daughter is two now. So when she was getting her Reiki, when she was a couple months, well, maybe under one, she couldn't tell me, but I knew. So anyway, so <laughs> between the three of them, um, my sister, my mom, and my husband just their report of relaxation, mm. um, whether it was stress they were holding from school or work or just the toxic environments um, they may have been in in the workplace and things like that, um, just reporting feeling relaxed, relieved, yeah. rejuvenated um, after their sessions. And because my husband, we lived together, he started just milking me for free Reiki. I'm like, <laughs> Like, come on now, I need to put you on the books. You're going to have to start leaving your tip for something. Um, but just coming home from work, and at that time, he was working in the jail, so um, in, in the um, jail in the county. So I'm quite sure you can only imagine yeah. the encounters and energy transfers that were going on in that space. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, so he just sleeps through them. Like, as soon as he lays down, he's out. Like, as soon as I hit play on the music and light the sage, he's gone. Right. <laughs> and then for my daughter, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, for my daughter during that time, she was teething and she was not sleeping at all. And it was driving my husband and I crazy. We were up all times of the night just trying to soothe her. And I just, out of curiosity, I was like, let me try this Reiki thing. Let me see. If, and that's kind of when I had level one. So I was like a little, still a little skeptical. I was like, let me see if this thing really worked. Right. So I started doing Reiki on her at night. It was a part of our nighttime routine. It was, um, she was breastfed at that time. So it was have your breastfeeding time. You had your bath. And then like in her chair in her room, as I was rocking her, I would just start doing Reiki with her. Um, and really, um, spending a lot of attention around her mouth and her gum and her jaw and her neck area. And after, I want to say, after maybe like two sessions, she was asleep. Yeah. Um, so though she couldn't verbally tell me, I knew that she was no longer feeling discomfort in her mouth. And right. that just, again, became a part of our routine. Um, she's now in preschool. This is her first time um away or around other children so she's constantly bringing home germs and whatnot so i found find now that that is a part of our routine she had some little upper respiratory things going on and part of her nighttime routine i just start doing reiki on her and she's now sleeping better because her nose was running and she couldn't get rest so i said okay let me try this reiki thing again um with her and 
my husband can tell you she is sleeping so reiki at night for her before bed is like it's like her moment to just let go and if you could just see her little body in my arms (laughs) she's just like out (laughs) she has no idea what's happening but she's just like laid out and i just lay her right in the bed afterwards and she's out for the night i mean i so on one hand i was thinking like oh this is going to be exciting for people who have young ones and especially Uh you know like (laughs) that have trouble sleeping at night but another thing that just occurred to me while you're saying that is just like you said, you make time to connect with your ancestors and God and your guides and be receptive. It must be such a beautiful space to just be able to connect with your daughter, especially mm-hmm. being such a busy working mom. Yes. Like how beautiful yes. is that? Yes. It's our time. It's our moment. Mm-hmm. When I have things that I may have to do in the evening and I miss her bedtime routine, I'm really in my feelings because <laughs> that's our moment. Right. Um, and to be able to really feel and connect with her energy is amazing. I remember one time I got like just emotional. She was asleep, but mm-hmm. I just got emotional just uh, holding that space and having Reiki uh, with her. It was, it's, it's just amazing to connect with her on that level right right right. it's it's a beautiful thing and I think that's such a beautiful thing too like with that experience with your daughter and the space you're able to hold with clients now is that it does give us that ability to connect on a different level or to recognize how we are connected in a way that we normally don't pay attention to Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and I think another thing with that because you start to recognize how connected we are it starts to click how much we impact each other how much we influence each other which then is going to make you feel more responsible Mm -hmm. and just like you said with your clients they become more aware of their environments their responses all of Mm -hmm. these things so Mm -hmm. let me tell you Kira I am so (laughs) thankful that you absolutely are out and here I, doing this work. Yes. And, and the, the good thing about um, continuing the Reiki training to get to the advanced level or master level is the ability to do distance Reiki. Right. Um, so with my sister who is in college, um, who when she whenever she comes home for break, she wants the hands on. She's like, can I get a Reiki session? <laughs> um, but with her being in college, I'm able to do Uh, distance Reiki with her. For my mom, um, who had surgery, who at the moment can't lie down on the table, you know, Mm -hmm. so being able to do distance Reiki and hold space for her still. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I, you know, have my dad is in Florida, and I have family, uh, other places. So again, to be able to do that. And then for clients, because some of our clients don't physically come into the office, Uh, right? Okay. Some of our clients are virtual, so they don't miss out on Reiki either. They can do the same thing. Um, they can have a distance Reiki session before the start of the session and then pop online and have a virtual or vice versa or the every other week. So everybody can get it, right? So, Wait, everybody so can get I'm Reiki. so glad you said that. So even yeah. for people who are interested in talk therapy, they don't have to be in your area. You can have sessions with you no matter which type. So it's that's when the insurance comes into play, right? So okay. we're in Maryland. So in, in order to do that, yes, you would have to be in the area um, if you're utilizing like your medical insurance. Right. Um, but if you're not, then we do have the ability for you to do um, coaching or self-pay and things like that um, to be able to do that. Yes. Um, we are probably 
Um, and not a lot of therapy practices accept insurance, mm -hmm. um, but we are a practice. We accept pretty much all of the major insurance companies in our area. And again, that's so we can meet the need. Right. We are in an area where clients can't afford to pay right. out of pocket for therapy. It's like, I work this job. They taking this money out my check for my insurance. If I'm coming to somebody, I need to use my benefits. And right. I, I'm with you on that. Um, so yeah, so we could do it both ways. If you're local, if you're in Maryland, you want to utilize your insurance to, to come in, we can absolutely accommodate that. If you're not in the area and you um, want to do virtual sessions, we can accommodate that as well. That is so beautiful. Okay, so mm -hmm. I'm sure people are right now like, wait a minute, where do I go to check out the work <laughs> that she's doing? So I just want to say again, the website is coreempowerment.org. And of yes. course, I'm going to put the link to connect with you down in the show description. Um, but before we go, I just want to check, are there any other ways that people connect with you, like on social media? And if so, what's your yes. handle? So we are on Instagram, uh, Facebook, and Twitter. And it's Core Empower and then the number one. So Core Empower and then the number one. Okay, perfect. So I'll put that in the show description too. So yes. Kira, I have to thank you so much for coming and sharing Absolutely. all of this. Thank you. All of it. <laughs> Honey, this is something. I mean, it, it really is. It's, uh, I think back to when I started energy work, I mean, I didn't even, there was no one really even talking about this. So mm -hmm. again, to see people like you, not only doing the work, but bringing it into spaces that can change the face of how we understand wellness. Yes. Such yes. a beautiful thing. <laughs> so go ahead. After the podcast, you go to coreempowerment.org. Check yes. out Kiara and her work. <laughs> for those of you who are therapists, don't forget she has the virtual training for you as well. So thank that you so much. That one is coming. Oh, yes. Well, no, mm -hmm. the end of the month, you'll be doing the live one, though. Yep, the end of the month, we'll be doing the live one, and that'll be the last live one. So after that, everything will be virtual. Yep. Yes. So check her out. Hurry Thank up. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for being here, love. Thank you. Okay, everyone, thank you so much for tuning in today. And thank you again to Kiara for coming and sharing your work with us. I really enjoyed our conversation. And for everyone listening, you can learn more about Kiara and her work at coreempowerment.org. And you can also find her on social media. The links to connect with her are all down in the show description. So be sure to check her out. And of course, don't forget to go to my website, theenergeticalchemist.com. Find out how to become a member of the Alchemy Circle. And don't forget to get your free gifts. So that is all for now. Next time I see you, we'll be on the other side of the medical Reiki training, which I am so excited about. And I can't wait to share with you all how that goes. So have a beautiful day, everyone. And remember to always journey in love.